1: Welcome to this episode of Tea with Triggy. It's great to have you here. This is a podcast where I catch up with friends and people that I find fascinating. I check that they're doing okay and ask for tips to help us stay at home more comfortable. The gorgeous and multi-talented Mylene Class is joining me today for a chat and a cuppa. Mylene and I met on a commercial shoot for M&S a few years ago and became firm friends. As a working mum, I wanted to catch up to see how she's doing and ask her about her wonderful online music lessons enjoy the chat mylene hi
0: hello how are you my darling I'm not too bad I mean I do think it's weird times but weirdly I
1: think I'm adapting which is even weirder Well, we all are. We've got to. We have no choice. But before we get into our lovely chat, what are you drinking? What do you do? Tea or are you coffee or are you chocolate or you coffee all day. All day long. Oh, coffee! All, oh, so you're buzzing all day.
0: All day, <laughs> and then people think that I won't be able to get to sleep, and I'm, I prove them wrong every time.
1: <laughs> In it's fact, so weird. I, I, I've never, never drunk coffee. Really? No. I tried it once, and it made my heart palpitate. So that's I that's do what I like <laughs> you like that. But no, I, today I'm, ve- I'm veering I'm very good. I'm, I'm on, I'm on a red bush with milk oh, and honey. Posh tea. Delicious. Is it posh? Yeah. It's South African, isn't it?
0: I, South think. I think. Yeah. Yeah, posh tea. That's where
1: I, I, I had it. Ha- I think I first had it on one of our um M&S commercials you're in Cape Town. Absolutely right. That's where we first. And oh, that's yeah. when I brought Ava on set. I know. How old is she now?
0: Oh, you're going to you're going to just die. She's uh, I, um... she's going to be 13 soon. Oh my goodness. We're planning her 13th birthday. I mean, I birthday. kind of you
1: No, know, cuz I see pictures of her on on your, your things, but I can't believe it. And isn't she the wonderful pianist?
0: Well, both my girls play really, really well. But, yeah, she's about to do her grade eight. In fact, she was meant to do her grade eight and then all of this happened. So I think she thought she'd got away with it, but it's gone the other way now. She has to try and keep the, the, um, the momentum and has to still stay in love with her pieces. And I think it's, yeah. it's going to be tricky. Is that hard, Is that hard for her? She says it's, she says it is hard, but I look at her and I think she's so much better where, you know, she is at her age than I was.
1: Really? But you, yeah. you're brilliant. Thanks I mean, so how, how old were you? How old were you when you first started to play the four. piano? I was four. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I
0: know, but you know what? So there is, that that you, you You play away and then you'll always find some kid who can play, you know shostakovich right man at the age of five or six there's always a mini mozart out there just to just did, to humble you
1: did you want to do it at that age or were you kind of was it parents kind of pushing I, you into it or was it a, a a great love of yours at that age and... i don't think you know any different at four and that's why hmm.
0: i think it's so good to start so early because you don't question it either way it's just something that's always in your life but what i am um, what I do think is, I'm so appreciative that it is in my life
1: because, oh, do you know, my dad, bless it, Norman, who's not, he hasn't been with us for many a year. He was, he was a lovely, gorgeous man. I adored my dad, and he, he was self taught. Piano player. He couldn't read music. You know, he came from a very poor background in Lancashire, but he taught himself to play. He could play saxophone, actually, and piano. Wow! And so my memories as a little girl was my dad playing. He he didn't play classical. He played, you know, popular tunes yeah, of the thirties yeah. and forties. And I um, mean, his big great love was all the big bands. And, yeah, but he, um, that kind of person is always good at a party. Oh. To yeah, because he could play anything. Yeah, And when I was about, probably about six or seven, he wanted to give me piano lessons. And I, you know, he said, oh, I'd rather go out and play. I didn't want to do it. And yeah, my mum my yeah. would say, oh, leave her alone. Leslie wants to go and play, <laughs> you know. And I really, really regret it now that he wasn't a bit tougher and made me do it because actually one of my things I want to do in this uh, lockdown is to learn to play. I did take lessons about... Ten years ago, yeah. with, but it only lasted about three months. Then you're I went so to America. Musical. You're so
0: musical. Well, you're, I can read incredible. music,
1: yeah. but I can't play the piano and it's driving me nuts. So, well, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> well, exactly. I've got a lovely um, mini grand, mini grand in there, in the other room. So... Is is my best thing to do? Is it to go on one of the apps? that kind of well, piano I've apps? been
0: I've been with the girls now doing like music classes online because I I had so many mums panicking on the first two or three days when all the homeschooling information yep. was coming through, myself included, because it it just suddenly all came through like an avalanche, uh-huh. and all the teachers were trying to rush it out to us, and suddenly we were then trying to think, do we have everything we need, and am I going to be able to teach algebra and oh my keep them goodness. entertained? And and do all the new honestly they've changed everything here I said this isn't the bus stop method of maths I was like what's the bus stop method so I'm just realizing how little I know it more and more every day but with what with with music I know I, I pretty much think I know where I stand with that and I just said to all the mums look I'll do music classes with the girls anyway so if you want to hop on the end of those and one of the mums said well why don't you just do them for everybody and it just was as simple as that, and it's just—it's just ignited something. It's incredible. It's, oh, it's being so, added to the syllabuses. My friend, who is my midwife, rang me today and said, "You'll never believe. My son has just been sent the link by his teacher
1: to your classes." How brilliant! So, yeah. if I, do you start? Do you start at the very beginning, well, as Julie Andrews <laughs> would say? Do you know what? It's <laughs> a like very I'm, good place. I mean, because I, I am very basic. You know? I mean, like, <laughs> I need to start from day one.
0: Okay, so you're going to love this. You just sang Do Re Mi and I've just done a lesson two days ago on Do Re Mi. You haven't. I have because, you won't believe this, it comes, (laughs) it's honestly, because that's what I thought, let's start at the beginning. Um, It was um, put together by a monk. His name was Brother Guido, and he, there was a really popular hymn at the time, a Latin hymn, and he he took the words from that hymn. So, for example, there's a word resonare, so that's where we get the word ray. There's another word mirror, that's where we get me. He, so he oh. put together a whole scale so we would be able to read music because at the time only the church were allowed to read music. So he wanted to keep music alive, so he wrote a series of steps, which we now is the tonic sulphur, that's what we yeah. know, yeah. and it's do-re-mi. So I did a whole lesson on that. Most people were like, oh, I just thought it was something oh, that Julie Andrews so sang. I, I,
1: I could go back and find that lesson then. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I should do that. I'll be Twiggy Learns Piano by Mylene. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me up. If
0: you get stuck, I'll just do your little private lesson. <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: But I've always, you know, because at school I learned to play recorder, which is how I learned to read music. Oh, that's so but handy. I've always wanted to learn the piano and I thought, when well, you know, as you said, we ain't going anywhere. We're not going away for a long time. For a long time. Well, look, it's all those things you've been meaning to
0: do. I've been meaning to clean out my wardrobe cupboards. Yeah, so I've got all my maternity is. clothes in there for ages. and Now I've got no excuse. So I'm slowly doing it.
1: Well, Lee, my, you know, my husband, who yeah. you know, he's hysterical because we decided we'd clean our bookshelf. Well, you can see, actually, you can they see how tidy they are. Look, yeah, yeah. That was the first week. <laughs> Have you lost momentum? He's got, he's got mad. <laughs> no, he's got mad. I, I woke up yesterday morning and he was up already. And I thought, oh, he's up in the kitchen having breakfast because we're in London still. We're yeah. isolating in London. And I came up to join him for breakfast and he was in the art office going through files and there were boxes. I said, oh my god, it's eight o'clock in the morning. He's got Oh, gone absolutely I could do it. Cool.
0: Could you have him have a word with Sim?
1: So, <laughs> do you
0: know what I'm looking at right now? Sim has left a ladder in in the, in my room because he said he was gonna paint the ceiling three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I it's that thing we've been waiting to get around to for years, and now he's just brought the ladder up. <laughs>
1: The Potato song with Matt Lucas (laughs) is so divine. It's so divine. It was nice to do. Apparently it's raised so much money. A million, over a million. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: Yeah, he's, he's done an incredible job to
0: feed all the NHS staff. It's incredible what he's done. Unbelievable. And the children, it's one of those songs that
1: just gets stuck in your ears. They have been singing it non-stop. (laughs) Well, well done you. And I know all the money's going to the NHS, yeah?
0: Yeah, to feed the NHS, all the workers, you know, the things that you just don't even think about. I met a woman the other day who makes the laundry bags for all of the uniforms to go into. And again, you think, of course, that's exactly what they need. But things that you wouldn't even necessarily think about, the jobs that people are out there doing to support the people who are supporting us, it's just incredible. But... What I think has been nice about doing songs like that is, you know, in the let's say that in the normal world, should we call it? You know, music's the first thing that gets knocked out of schools. Yeah, it's the first thing that people think doesn't need to have any money put into it, any funding. And now, now that all the concerts have gone and the theaters have shut, and you know, we can't even go to the movies, you just realize actually, music's the first thing that everybody goes to. So I don't That's think. Right. I don't think it's a coincidence that people are going, I want to learn the piano, I want to learn the guitar. I think it just brings you just a lot of peace, unless it's a violin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or drums. Or a drum kit. <laughs> I, I always said to Carly, please don't grow up and want to learn the drums. <laughs> oh, I love the drums. I love Oh, that. yeah, but to, to have a child in a house learning drums. Ah, silencer. <laughs> you need or a be- silencer. I'll have a ch- have a child next door to you in a flat or something learning from oh, trouble I think that's us. Awful. But I have to tell you I think I told you on the phone at night because you know I read I used to go to bed and check things out on my iPad. Yes. And then I read somewhere about oh ages ago before all this happened that actually it's not a good idea to look at um things on iPads or phones at night. You should listen to music or read poems or something so we got into classic fm i know where (laughs) and every night we get we get into bed and we put (laughs) classic fm on and it's so lovely and i i i I would tell everyone to do it because it especially in these times when it's so anxious making and you know listen we're some of the lucky ones i i'm here with lee and you know you've got your family some people don't have that no but you know the classical music really really soothes you and it's a really lovely and we have it on for a good hour or so but on your shows when we're going to go to sleep we always go night Mylene <laughs> all right I'm going to give you
0: I'm going to give you a little good night then at the weekend that's so nice to know because I think as well those kinds of pieces you know a lot of people feel really intimidated by them you know they think well I don't I don't know about classical music or some of it's yeah. sold well as- I
1: think people I, I mean I was a little bit like that I grew up because, I get, again, my, my dad was into kind of the big bands yeah. and then I got into pop music like all teenagers. But I, we never really had classical music in the house. And then when I met Lee, you know, because I was always into music and I loved the music of the 20s and 30s and 40s and the shows I did were those sort of songs. But when I met Lee, he was a big classical music lover. So he actually introduced me to classical. Do you know like, though?
0: You, I bet you, you do know classical music. It's just that it hasn't necessarily been shown to you. Like, I bet you know Celine Dion. When I was young, I never yeah, needed that's right. anyone. That's Rachmaninoff. That entire piece is Rachmaninoff's is Second wow. Piano Concerto. So if I said to somebody, "Do you want to do you want to listen to Rachmaninoff?" They might most likely go, "No, I don't know any of it." But it's it's. All these massive pop
1: songs are all taken from classical. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, Mr Lloyd Webber actually yeah. <laughs> yeah. lends a few bits. There you go. And they, listen, they're, they make wonderful songs as well. They're good enough but at anyway. least when he's doing the shelves. Yes, it's, Oh, no, he does. <laughs> he has it on full blast. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine. But one of my great memories of you is, do you remember when we would, um, we did... Just for the people listening, we did um Mylene and myself and a few other lovely ladies, like Erin O'Connor and Laura Bailey and Naomi. Do you remember Naomi? Yes. Lovely Naomi. So much fun. so French. And um <laughs> we were in we were in Venice, do you remember? And they oh, flew yes. you were pregnant. Very,
0: very heavily pregnant.
1: Very heavily pregnant. And I remember Steve Sharp, our our producer and everything, said, I don't think Mylene can come because she's so pregnant. And then I think they flew you down on a private plane, didn't they? They did. It was very showbiz. I've got a a plane and a midwife. (laughs) You got a plane in the midwife? I did, I did. But I remember because they had to shoot you from the bosom up, didn't they? I did. I mean, that was a wide-angle lens because like <laughs> I
0: went from a, I went from a D to like a double G. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we, we were setting up the shots, they had to make sure they could only see you from the boobs upwards because well, you were so pregnant. The way they fixed
0: that is they put me behind a piano. Oh, that's <laughs> So we were on the Orient Express. It was absolutely boiling, absolutely boiling. And then they put us in winter clothes. So I had a scarf and I had tights on. Oh, you poor baby. Well, I could even pull them over my bumps. So these tights came up to my knees. And then they put (laughs) me behind the piano to hide that I was pregnant. And then we all just played, didn't we? We I played some music and we all just danced on the Orient Express. It all sounds very showbiz. I think uh, I needed a fan at the time. It, it was. Well, it's amazing you didn't give birth actually. <laughs> do you know what though? You, I have to say, I think I've told you this. If I haven't, I, I, forgive me because I've told everybody else, but you're the one you are the one that inspired me to be a working mom. how to do it. Oh really? You're oh. The, I don't even know if you remember this, but I had Ava on set in, in South Africa when we were filming I do. and I was trying to feed her And you took her off me You put a towel around her You started giving her mango And I just said But the dressing room The dressing room's going to get grubby And you went She's going to be a dressing room baby Just like my baby (laughs) And you told me That that's exactly how you raised your daughter She's just going to be a dressing room baby And whenever anybody said anything to me Like you shouldn't have a child here Or should you bring your children to work I just always said what you said She's just going to be a dressing room baby And
1: that's exactly what she's turned out to be And now she's playing music and Exactly Also they had I mean, you know, you're, you're the same age as my daughter. You're the same age as Carly. And, um, you know, she always says to me, you know, a lot of her strong, strong childhood memories are kind of being backstage. Yeah. When I was doing, I did a big show in New York, a big musical, and she used, I used to bring her not only to the, the matinee shows, and she, but she'd spend it down with the, the, all the dancing girls yeah. and collect sequins and feathers because it was all 1920s. And so she and she said her memories of that are so strong, and the so music, good. and you know, it was all Gershwin music. So. And so she had a brilliant time. Well, I don't know what people think that we
0: must be doing to them, just locking them in the dressing room and (laughs) giving them a sandwich. You know, they get to see all the glamour and Hero and Ava, they come to the shoots, they put all the shoes together and they watch the photographer. And it's a lovely way, I think, to bring your children up. I mean, they've got
1: this work ethic already that is pretty powerful. Well, I've I've now, as you know, got grandchildren. I know, I know. The first time I took Joni, who's Carly's little girl, Who's nearly five? I when she was about three and a half, coming up to four, I let them come to a shoe, uh, one of you know, a modelling shoot. Yeah. And it was the first time that Joni had been. And it was so funny because she came up. I was getting dressed, so she came up into it was in a house, so she came up to the big bedroom, and they were all, oh, you know how they lay out all the shoes yeah. and all the dresses. And she just made a bee line for the shoe. I mean, she's such a girl. She made a bee line for the shoes, and she went for the you know, really high <laughs> stiletto hills, completely covered in sequins. <laughs> of course, who wouldn't? It's what I've gone for. Them, she put them on. It was so fun. I, I've got pictures. It's so funny. She set so, this. And she loved it. She absolutely loved it. But then that's
0: another thing, isn't it? They get to see you at work and they get to see that you're following your passion and that work doesn't always have to be miserable. I think there's this idea of, you know, people dread going to work. And I don't want that for my kids. I'm hopefully trying to raise them to find a job that they love so that when they go to work, it's an actual privilege. Like, that's how I feel every day. I still can't believe
1: that this is my job. I know. I feel, well, you're a bit like me. You do so many different things. And I think, I always feel I'm I'm so blessed because of that.
0: Yeah, I feel you know, like I'm
1: blagging it. it. Pardon? <laughs> I feel like I'm blagging it most well, days too. Too, you know. I mean, listen, I was I was I was a model. You, know? you was. <laughs> you are. You broke the mold. But but you know, I didn't plan to do that, as you know. So when I I suddenly was given the chance to perform by Ken Russell, the director. I mean, I was so frightened. I said to Ken, I can't do that. And he, he said, don't be ridiculous. Of course you can. And, you know, and, of, and when I started to make my first film, The Boyfriend, it, I will say it was like going into the secret garden because it was like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, and I got to, and I was really nervous. But because I had his faith in me, It gave me the courage because I wanted to please him because he'd given me this huge opportunity. And because he had the faith, I thought, well, maybe I can do it. And it's amazing. Have you got a person in your life that is so, so importantly gave you that courage or gave you the idea to do?
0: Well, if you say that, like I said to you, you know, actually, you were massively instrumental for me to be a working mum. And to be a single working mum is, a, you know, it's a scary thing as well. A scary prospect because it isn't actually a case of do I want to do this job today or not. It's like you only have that choice because you have people that depend on you solely. And you, I think you need women more than anything, other working women to support you. And so, I, you know, my manager is female. I choose my group very, very closely who I want to have around me. And I, 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 I think if I look at it, actually, all the women around me are working mums, you know, from like yourself and and like my friends and like my manager i just think that we're very efficient we we get the job done cuz we need to be home in time for bedtime and and bath time so i think it's just a case of i'm inspired by just really sort of strong feisty fun females i love that in women i really do and i yeah. want that for my own children
1: so but there wasn't there wasn't like one teacher or oh, particular i did
0: do you know what I did have one remarkable teacher and he wasn't so much about performing, Dr. Richard Mansfield. He's the one, he was like my dead poet society moment, you know, when they stand <laughs> on the on the on the chair or on the on the table. How
1: brilliant. And you
0: suddenly go, Oh, the world looks different if I have a different viewpoint here. I don't have to look <laughs> at the world like everybody else. And he was the one that gave me that. And yeah, I don't even think he even realizes it. He probably just thinks that I was just another student in his class for another A-level year. But he gave me the courage just to see the world a little bit, you know, a little more deeply. He, he led you like was... into
1: the Secret Garden, yes, like Ken did yeah. with me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's what that's what I liken it to. It was that because that was one of my favorite bo- books as a kid, The Secret Garden, and it was it was like it was that for me. But totally. you broke the mold, and I think. You know, when I discuss, I mean,
0: you've got, I've got your photo on my wall. You probably don't believe it. It's one of our modelling photos <laughs> together. Oh. But I think when you think of the women who have been trailblazers, the ones that clear a path so that other women can then continue to do the job and then so forth for our own daughters, for Carly and her children and my children, you do just need women who who are just going to break the rules a bit. And you say that, you know, you went into modelling. You you
1: broke all the rules you broke every single <laughs> but I, one. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't mean to. That I mean I just happened to be that kid. Even better. <laughs> you know, that's what I look like. That's the makeup I you know, because we didn't have make people often say to me, Oh, who designed your makeup in the sixties? We didn't have makeup artists. You know, I did that myself because I had a rag doll at home and I wanted, no. you know, and do you know those painted rag dolls yeah, the and they've got all? Terrifying the- ones that stare at yeah. you in the
0: corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if you look at my eye makeup from them, you know, there's all those lines, and those eyelashes underneath. I did underneath. not know that. Yeah, That's was you it, as well. I, Ah? Huh? That was you as well. You just literally yeah. designed so an entire era. My, it was my ragdoll's fault, really. No. You know, and so and I dressed like that because I was I was a mod. Yeah. I was very, you know, and if you were a mod, you had to wear you had to wear mod clothes. You had to be part of that. And then I, you know, it transgressed into being kind of I I grew out of being a mod and into that kind of late middle, late sixties kind of um you know the mini skirt and all that. I mean, I you know, and I used to make all my own clothes because I was so tiny, <laughs> and they, you know, and there there were there were shops for kids' clothes, and there were your mum's clothes shops. Nothing there were no between. teenage clothes, so I made them, and then people like Barbara Hulanicki who gave us Bieber, yeah. which was the best place on earth to go i mean you you girls would have loved Bieber. It was oh, i love magical. it even now
0: if it was around i would have, i don't oh know what i die
1: i remember the first time i went in there again it was like going onto another planet it was unbelievable and you know mary quant obviously she yeah. she was the kind of mini mini queen so it was just i kind of happened to be in the right place at the right time a little bit but um but that's what that's just what I look like. And I and when it happened to me, I actually thought everyone had gone a bit mad because I thought I was really funny looking. Well I am quite funny looking if you look uh, at me. I've looked at you loads, you're not funny looking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you, you said don't look <laughs> like the rag doll that you're talking about. But...
1: that's
0: it though, it's about making the most of what you have, isn't it? I suppose. Mm-hmm.
1: How long did hearsay?
0: How long were you well, in hearsay? So hearsay, hearsay was a bit of an accident because I, you know, you talk about you know falling into things. Like I grew up in Norfolk and everybody was either into horse riding or sport, and I was a mixed race girl that was into classical music. You know, it was like <laughs> it was not cool. It was not cool to be me at all. Um, and then I got into music college and I started um, doing sessions like a, for Katie Lang and for Robbie Williams and all these. I absolutely loved it. Um, and um, then I had a job that came up, and I either had the choice to, oh, that's it. I went into Miss Saigon, so I did West End. Then I had the choice of either going into um, play Mary Magdalene for a year on tour or joining Hearsay. So when hearsay got offered, I remember my dad going mad. He was like, you can't go and take six weeks in a pop band. You've got a year guaranteed on tour as Mary Magdalene. This is what you've worked for. But I'd just done a year in the West End, so I thought I'd need to try something different.
1: Yeah, and that—that that was it. that's really tough. A year in the West End is really tough.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like going down the mines, but I was losing my mind. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's fun, but it is hard, hard. Well, the funny thing is, then I'd, I had been booked to go and do the Brits as a BV um, backing vocalist for Robbie Williams. And that very same show, we were introduced to the world as hearsay. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, it was, you know, the real has, sliding that, doors. I mean-
1: I remember that you had massive hits, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know what? It was some of the best times of my life. And I've said to my girls, if you ever get the opportunity, if it's something you would like to do, go and join a band in your early 20s because it's so much fun. I love being a mum, don't get me wrong, but the responsibility is, you know, as any mum knows, you go to bed worrying, you wake up worrying, you never stop worrying. My daughter's your age and I I still worry about (laughs) I know, but it's like I feel like I aged 100 years Overnight, as wonderful as it is, just somebody <laughs> well, it doesn't show. Uh, like,
1: but they hand you your baby,
0: learn... and you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you can't trust me!
1: I don't know what I'm doing," and, and, <laughs> and that's it. Well, I think I think that happens. Well, I only ever had one baby, but I think that probably happens with your first baby. Is it easier when you get the second and third? What's really, really lovely is having um, a
0: baby boy, which is very different for me anyway. Um, uh, in a very different kind he, of relationship. He's gorgeous, oh, anyway, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. the funny thing is Ava said to me we're only talking about it yesterday that she said do you think you'll still love me the same and I said to her of course and now we laugh because I said to her do you think you'll even notice I'm in the room because she only has eyes for him
1: it's gone completely
0: the other way she just doesn't even see me she's obsessed with her baby brother she she'll ring me when she's at school so she can see him at lunchtime
1: Oh how cool. Well,
0: she must be like little
1: mum. Well, she what... really is.
0: She yeah. actually is. She's that age. Yeah, yeah. So that's oh. lovely too, because I think you can't even have a shower when you've got a newborn the first time round, and also no. you don't. Again, you don't have that confidence behind you. But
1: no, you don't. This
0: time round, you you
1: can't. I remember you. I mean, even if you go. To have, go to the loo, you kind of take the baby yeah. with you. Oh, everywhere!
0: Feet. But then we talk about the, again the dressing room babies. You know, you know, and baby comes with. I remember that I stopped sterilising with Ava because she was at the BBC and she crawled into the bin and ate a chip. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I thought. I'm not going to sterilise another thing. <laughs> that is, which so is not funny. half as bad as Hero, who walked into Tom Jones's dressing room and walked back out with the entire fruit bowl. Um, he, this... Yeah, he just gave them to her. And I was like, she's like the, you know, the man, the man. And so I was like, that, that, that is so Tom so... Jones gave her the fruit bowl.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So. During this very stressful time have you found any new talents or new things to do or I think the music classes and
0: putting together a YouTube channel have taken up more time than I ever imagined I I and also <laughs> but it's really nice to connect with my daughters over it because they're learning how to put together films um, um and we're coming up we, we do the uh, we put the ideas together you know we sort of brainstorm together and they'll say you know that no we can't say that that wouldn't appeal to children and you know I didn't know what a thumbnail was until yesterday I feel like a hundred saying it but it was Ava's idea she said we need to start learning to make thumbnails so um they're, they're like little pictures that then come up on your before your video plays and then you can sort of decorate them if you like but i would never oh, heard
1: my- of them no, I have. Well, you're talking. You're talking to a dinosaur here. I'm. <laughs> I, 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 I'm getting better, and Carly helps me with my Instagram, and um, and Kobe's back, my producer on these shows has been brilliant because, you know, learning all the technical things that you. <laughs> to know but i'm getting yeah, but better i think it's incredible that you are doing that because
0: i i also meet people who just say no i don't know how that works i don't need to do that and they just find someone who does it for them and i think that you you know you can you can then completely lose touch and then feel quite yeah. isolated also, i think
1: i think it, you know it's good for the, the, for the, the old brain, old brain yeah
0: the old yeah. brain cells. But I don't want my daughters talking a language that I can't understand. I don't expect to be able to speak it to the extent that they can. But from a technological point of view, I've got a baby and you've got a grandchild and you still want to be able to communicate and understand what they're Absolutely. talking about rather than just completely blanking.
1: Are the girls finding this time difficult or are they enjoying I mean. Do, do they know what's going on? Have you explained it to them without um, being
0: too scary? The girls, I think, have initially found it quite tricky because they actually do enjoy going to school, uh, even just for the social aspect. You know, they, they love and It's girls. their friends. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, it's weird because I do find myself hovering over both of them with my phone going, why don't you speak to one of your friends? So I feel like it's so important that they, yeah. they they have that communication. And I think it's been a lot for them just to not have routine so I read somewhere that go easy on your children don't make them feel that on top of everything they need to do a b c and d as well get dressed and do their bedrooms and I've gone the other way because my children they like to have the routine so in the mornings I am saying get out of bed make sure you've got you know you've got dressed. you're not staying in your pajamas all day because I feel that they then start they start to wobble a bit do
1: your girls like cooking do you like cooking
0: so Ava and Hiro, um, uh, there, there's a favourite story of mine. Hero, when we went to a, an Italian restaurant, the um, waiter gave her her pasta and she said, um, it doesn't feel very jelly, sir. So we all looked at her like, what? I'm so sorry, sir. Can I have the jelly pasta? So I'm like, what is she on about? And the poor child is only used to pasta that is so overcooked that it's become just starch and that is the extent of my cooking.
1: Oh, you're not a
0: cook, then, Miley. I can do it, but I don't enjoy <laughs> it. I feel like it's a science experiment. So I, I can do it, and you know, I, I I'll make the the favourites that like pancakes, and I'll make the the jelly pasta as they call it now. But uh, I don't, I don't get that absolute buzz that I see people getting. My sister, oh my god, my sister's like you. So my sister will, she's like an alchemist. She'll taste something and she'll say, no, this needs garlic, and just chuck it in. Whereas I need to read the recipe and go, well, exactly how much garlic does it need?
1: Well, I I, I work from recipes. I mean, I've got favourites like Jamie Oliver and, and um, Nigella Lawson and Rick Stein. But I also, if we go out and have dinner somewhere, well, we don't at the moment. But when we used to go yeah, out to restaurants, if we had a dish that we really loved, I would kind of, Really concentrate on the flavors and look at it, and sometimes even ask the chef, ask the chef what was in it. And then oh. I'd come home and do my version of it. You are um, so good. Well, you'd like so, oh, sp- but I love cooking, you oh, see, that's no. that's a bit of an obsession of mine because I love food. Oh, no, I love food. I love
0: food. Sim, Sim <laughs> and I, my partner, we've got a, an agreement, so he does the cooking, I'll do the tidying. So is he a good cook? He's incredible, he's incredible, oh, and then I do all the laundry. So, so
1: that's oh, our okay. agreement. Well, that's pretty good. But pretty he, good. Uh, Lee's a good cook, actually, but I cook mostly. But I do love it. No, I was just going to ask you if you had a, you know, because now we're having to kind of... Find recipes for things we've got in the Oh uh, no, no, I've got a few good ones. I'm, I'm, I'm good at
0: more Filipino dishes actually because I grew Ooh. up on those. So well, you learned from your mum? I did. Well, my auntie is the winner. I mean, she would oh, make okay. food that you would just think it was that you were in a restaurant. It's incredible, and I think I took it for granted. Well, I did. I took it for granted, and now that I can't just have it every weekend, like you know, Filipino food was like me just having a roast dinner every Sunday. Now I can't have it. Now I miss it so much. And I ring her
1: up I don't know whether I've ever had Filipino food is it like Thai food it's a bit
0: like Thai food it takes influences from everywhere they like Spanish food they'll make a there's some foods I suppose are almost a little bit like um like a soup meets a casserole but um I like making turon with my children I made it for the class actually when they had one of their international days and it's basically a banana wrapped in you know when you get spring rolls It's the same, it's not phyllo pastry, but it's spring roll pastry. And so we just put a bit of brown sugar and a banana and deep fry that. And that's it. Oh my God. It's amazing. (laughs) I think I could go through a whole bunch of bananas just by myself with those. And I've taught Sim how to make really good fried rice now. So he's like, these are all the secrets. I didn't know that you add, you know, some lemon juice or some oil or that you fold the egg in. So that's been nice, just teaching him all the secrets. So you
1: can cook. You can cook. (laughs) I've got a
0: few champion dishes that get me out of a sticky situation, but nobody in the history of the world has ever gone, let's go to Leanie's house for for a roast. Or jelly pasta.
1: And have, what have you been? Re- have you? Are you a reader? Have I'm, a, been I'm a huge
0: reader. In fact, back in the day, I used to do three, I used to do three books a week. Sometimes when I was studying, oh my goodness! No, when I was studying, when I was studying, and then you have children, and you basically don't read anything ever again <laughs> except children's books. But
1: I'm getting a chance. I like autobiographies. Oh, do you? That's interesting. They're they're not top. I love I love a good novel. I love either a romantic novel. Oh. Or <laughs> Or a thriller. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't like to think there's
0: somebody behind the door before I go to bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. I, actually, uh, one of my friends is Linda LaPlante, and she's just sent me her new book, oh. Buried. Oh, no. Because um, her books are so I'll good i will be terrified. That's my next read. Because they do make you jump, but I do. I actually, before that, about six months ago, I I read, you know, Poldark that was on the telly. Oh, yeah, I wonder where you're going then. <laughs> yeah, no, I read, I read, because Winston Graham, who wrote Poldark, yes, um, they originally they were three novels, and then when they were done as a TV series in the mid '60s, to huge acclaim, he then carried on writing and. You know, there's twelve. I think there's twelve Poldark novels now. Okay. So I reread. I reread them all. You are spending well, your but... time really. You're doing really well. It's shelves <laughs> and books and cooking <laughs> and jigsaw. Do your girls love jigsaws? Because okay, that's a brilliant thing. We, we, I'd like to say we're good at jigsaws. We will
0: do them, but um, we we live in that household that always has the last piece missing, and then it goes. Yeah. Then it goes nuclear. <laughs> We can't. We also have tried to do box, um, to, to do games together, board games together, and that's also gone nuclear. Yeah,
1: I love those. But I gave birth to a child who doesn't like games. Oh. I'm hoping my granddaughter will like games because oh. I love Monopoly and Scrabble and Cluedo. Oh, you and Hero would get on like a house on fire. That's all she ever oh. wants to do. She's got a date. Tell. Her. Oh my gosh, she
0: <laughs> would love that. She would. She'd. She would. You know, play a board game over a movie any day.
1: So it's been so lovely. I would have loved to have done this with you in person, yeah, Mylene, no. And I'm dying to meet your little baby boy. Oh my goodness. And I can't wait. The girls. But we'll do that. We'll have a date when when we can get when they let us out. When they let us out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I don't but, know what that day will look like. Cause I think I think I'll actually uh, just panic. <laughs> just what am I going to do with it. all my time? Do I shop? Do I eat? Do I just
1: go and chat to everyone I've ever met? I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. No, it's going to be very. It actually is going to. I think. I think we may come out the other side into a very different kind of world. I and think so. I think so. I hope we will have learned some good things out of this. Out of this horror. Um. um I mean, it's wonderful how how wonderful people are being to each other. How kind. You know, when they asked for um people to help with you know delivering food, oh, yeah. they had they had so many people. Ring in, and something like 750,000 people volunteered, didn't they? It's just incredible. And you just see,
0: I, I don't know who said the quote, but it's a lovely quote. It's like in moments of darkness, you know, when children are scared if they see, you know. Um, uh, maybe accidents or they see dark times always look for the light always look for the helpers and I always say that to my girls at the moment just keep looking for the helpers because you you turn the news on you hear all these scary stories always look for the light always even if you know there's a dark experience happening you will see somebody helping and it's so I think it's so important even on those Thursdays when we all go out and clap Hero broke her wooden spoon
1: on the pan because she was doing it with such rigor she just was isn't that the most amazing uh, we, we're we're in a third floor flat, but we've got a balcony, so yeah, yeah. The, the whole square comes out, and it's very it's moving. So nice. Actually, well, you know, I I, I have to say that nurses and the doctors as you know on my road we've got a lot of doctors so
0: we see them heading off to work most mornings and i was raised you know by an nhs nurse around nhs nurses and you know the the way that they tackle anything it's just incredible i have friends who are who are going to work at the moment as nurses and I, i do check in with them and it's incredible because they are going to war they they're fighting a battle and with the way the way they talk about it they just it's just they just get on with it i, I know
1: I, it's incredible they are they are the unsung heroes and i think i think they all need a very 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 big raise immediately oh
0: are you joking the nhs <laughs> I mean, the teachers got... everybody i, I think I we now know who genuinely is the backbone of this country and the teachers for I me agree. and the nhs staff nurses the people that are in fear for hours and hours and hours of their day every day and then take you know go home to their families and have the fear there as well i just think we've just we've genuinely seen a shift as to what it should or what
1: is important and i hope i hope it doesn't get forgotten i hope well that's yeah that's my wish actually that when we get through this and that i think as you said when it immediately happens that we can start getting out and about people will be very wary but you know maybe 2 3 years down the line Let's not forget, you know, the kindness of people and what we should be caring about. Yeah, yeah. Society had got so, so many things in the wrong direction, and the, you know, the capitalism and everything, wanting this and wanting that, to, you know, whether it hurts somebody else or not. Maybe this will make people think a little bit more when you just, of how it should be.
0: When you think of things that I suppose would never really been brought to the forefront, as you pointed out, I just think that I never knew that NHS staff had to pay for their parking. Like, why would they have to pay for their parking? And now now they're being given, you know, a pass. And you just think, well, yeah. I can't imagine that you would ever... Who would come up with that idea in the first place that they would have to pay for their parking? Or that a nurse, after working a 12-, 14-hour shift, 16-hour shift... Can't then go and buy her family food. It's things
1: like that, that that you just think something has gone seriously awry. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I think we should give them a little clap. Oh, every day, every day. My goodness. Anyway, it was absolutely delightful talking to you. I can't wait to see you and see the girls. That would be and lovely. See Apollo. Play date. Like, we yeah. play date with the grandchildren. A play date. And you meet my Joni. My. A new love of my life, of course, and and then Carly's got another little baby, oh, Theo, who's eight weeks old. So exciting! I only got to hold him twice, and then we were in lockdown.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, we
1: do want that's something to look forward to, isn't it? I know. And we Skype, it. In fact, listen, thank God for the t- technology we've got now because at least I can see them every day and I can read stories to, to Joni on Skype oh, and things. So, so important, at least we've got that. Anyway, thank you very much I, I sure, you won't see me but I'll be waving to you on your classic FM shows and say good night, Mylene <laughs> I'm going to say good night to you this weekend
0: Okay, thank you I love you, bye Thank you, love to you, you love to all the family
1: Ah, oh, that was so lovely catching up with Mylene and finding out how she and the kids are doing Please do look out for her music lessons. You just Google Mylene Class music lessons to find them online. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to Tea with Twiggy, please take a moment to give us a lovely five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people to find the show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast so you auto-magically get the next episodes for free. And do tell all your friends and family about it too. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy, or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. heard a stripped media production.